My guest today is a recipient of a Dean's Fellowship at NYU's prestigious Tisch School of the Arts of the Arts Graduate Department of Film and Television and a multiple award-winning director and cinematographer who has a diverse mixture of narrative and documentary work, including assisting on works by Jonathan Demme, Martin Scorsese, as well as being the director of photography on a number of short and feature directorial work of James Franco. Her most recent film is Kink and studies the, the world of kink.com, the world's largest producer of BDSM adult film located in San Francisco. Welcome, Christina Voros. Thank you. So, I'm curious, what was your exposure to Kink.com, and like, how did this project come about? Uh, James had done a day on a movie called About Cherry that was filming at the Armory, and he called me right afterwards and said, you got to see this place, it's amazing, and I think it would make an incredible film, it's, I want to do a doc. And, um, and my first reaction was, you want me to do what? Where? Why? Me? Porn? I don't know, James. Um, and he said, no, you really need to just go and, and meet the people and see the place. Um, there's a great movie here. And so I did. I went up to San Francisco with our other producer, Miles Levy, and took a meeting with Peter and with a bunch of the directors. And actually didn't see any of the content being made. I just sat and did interviews in the green room for about five hours. And um, I was immediately fascinated and charmed and um, taken by, um, taken off guard by how many misconceptions I had had about the industry that I wasn't even aware of having. Um, and I found myself in this room talking with these people that in my mind I was, was not able to relate to and in reality were smart and captivating and engaging and funny and a lot like anybody else I was friends with and someone I'd love to go out and have a beer with and understand more and um, and it was really the directors at Kink that were for me the decisive factor in making the movie I met these people and thought God I want to understand you and how you got here and what you do and yeah. why it's so different from what I think it is yeah. or what I thought it was. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the most interesting part for me was the, the definitely talking to the directors because they were, I mean, I mean, as, especially too, they were obviously as you know interaction that I've had like very intelligent, totally you know have very thought out reasons and this and the other, and also too approach it like aesthetics, like cinema, like, you know, filmmaking, just a different avenue and just a different purpose for it as well. Right. So, I, you know, I mean, I think, and obviously I think we're all seeing at this point intersections of that within our culture, like, and I think in a lot of ways mostly pretty positive things. I mean, there are, you know, negative things as well, but, um, yeah, like, what was, what was that about? Did you just, I mean, open call? ask them and like search them and was there any pushback from them? Well, they had had an experience, I guess, in the past where someone had tried to do a reality TV series mm -hmm. and um, it had left a bad taste in people's mouths. Um, there was a feeling of being sort of manipulated and that the producers of that content were not maybe didn't have their heart in exactly the right place and they were trying to sensationalize certain things for the sake of making 
you know, bad reality TV as opposed to really telling an honest story of the lives of the people there. So there's a little bit of resistance at first. Um, and as much trepidation as I had walking in there, not being sure if it was a world that I understood, um, there was some trepidation on their behalf of, of not being entirely sure they trusted somebody to come in and tell their story. And so it was... Um, it was an evolving process for both of us, and I have to say I'm so incredibly grateful to the directors and the staff and to Peter Ackworth because I think the film is what it is very much because of the honesty and the openness and the candor that um, that they shared with me, and I, I think without that, the film wouldn't exist. Yeah. Well, I think the fascinating part is actually the uniqueness of their operation in and of themselves because, I mean... In comparison to, and I don't know how much exposure, and I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, um, you know, compared to what it seems like a lot of how the adult industry works, they seem to be wholly unique in a lot of ways, like, you know, like more performer based and, and more like, you know, not you go here and you've got to do X, Y, and Z. Like, oh, well, these are things we want to do, but it's malleable, it's changeable. So, like, like, was that a surprise to you? Had like, was this just something like that was just totally new to you when you first came? Well, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I knew very little about porn. Period. Um, I, you know, I think my first exposure to pornography was when I was a little kid playing hide and seek at a at a friend's house and was hiding in a closet and found her father's stack of penthouse in a duffel bag with his gun. You know, I mean, it was like, it was like such a, like, violent negative association. Pornography was this dark, scary thing that was meant to be kept deeply hidden somewhere. And I think that had an effect on me as a, as a, you know, as a kid and as a young adult. And, um, a little bit when I got older, I, I dated someone at some point who I found out was like editing softcore fetish videos, and I lost my mind. I was like, not in my house, not on my Final Cut Pro. I was like, had a very incredibly strong, like almost essential reaction to the idea of it. And so, and I felt that again when the, the idea of making the film first came up, and. It was strong enough that it really made me stop and go, what is that? What What am I, why am I scared of this? What is it that, what place does it hold in our culture that, um, because look, I mean, I think pornography is a, it's a, it's a major player in our social universe and whether you consume it or you condemn it, whether it's something that turns you on or, 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 or scares you, you know, because I've met women who feel that it's, they find it threatening if they find out their boyfriend's looking at porn or something, they hold right. themselves up to that kind of standard, or right. it's just a really prickly thing. Um, so I didn't know much about that world at all, yeah. but as soon as I walked in the armory, I, I was forced to reckon with how much of a relationship I had with this idea, but I didn't really understand it. And that I think ultimately one of the things that we're trying to do with this film is that whether you, regardless of what side of the fence you fall on with porn, whether you're you know, a, a consumer of it or not, um, I think it's important to examine what it actually is and what it isn't. And um, there's a, a contradiction, I think, in our society where there are so many people who consume this content 
And yet, generally, people look down on those who make it. You know, it's a billion, billion dollar industry, and a lot of people are buying it. And the people are, who are buying it are, you know, often not the people who are making it. But somehow, if somebody says, I'm a porn actress, it's like, oh, what did you do wrong in your life to end up where you are? And it's, are there people who, you know, ended up doing porn and they would have rather been doing something else? Absolutely. Right. But there are also a bunch of people out there who do it because they love it and because right. they feel like they're providing something that's valuable and they are, you know, unabashedly comfortable with saying, I can make money off of my body and I'm okay with doing yeah. it. And it's a mean of self-expression. You know, I mean, some people see it as an art and I feel like, especially the directors, when you were talking about them, it's like, you know, they have to think of it in, you know, these terms of like, oh, yeah, like, how is this going to look? How is this going to be? Like, we don't want this to look trendy. And actually, the content at Kink, especially because it is so different from mainstream pornography, this is something James has brought up a lot. Like, there, there is content that he puts out that is not that far removed from the world of performance art or the installations of Marina Abramovich or, you know, the tests of physical endurance and stress and um, juxtaposition of, of power and I mean in a lot of ways BDSM is a very intellectual premise right, so it's right. um it's a lot more complicated than people yeah. just you know having having sex. Yeah. people have a very either or relationship sometimes to it when it's much like most life it's a both and kind of thing it's like yes there are and I, I'm curious too, like, was part of your trepidation also the fact that it was BDSM? Because obviously, even still, I mean, forget, you know, bad books like BDSM, like, uh, like Fifty Shades of Grey, but like, you know, that are kind of hacky and whatnot, but like, it still seems like that is especially, you know, even more, it's like that complicates, you know, like it's one thing that's porn, then it's BDSM porn. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes for, it makes for a, um, it was one of the issues in trying to edit the movie is it's, it's a lot you have to understand a lot to understand any of it and right. in some ways our editor Ian Olds who's one of the most brilliant filmmakers I know um, and I struggled with that because you have to introduce someone to that world before you can really show them the nuances of it so yes BDSM is very complicated porn is very complicated and when you put the two together it's, yeah. it's sort of a, a total tangle um I actually think for me, I, I had hang-ups about pornography, and I was totally ignorant about BDSM. So in some ways, it was the hang-ups I had, the assumptions I had about pornography and pornographers. I, mean, I remember one of the, you know, I can't remember if it was Donna or Madeline, but one of the female directors saying something referring to themselves as, as a pornographer, and my, first I was like, my mind, that was a dirty word. Like, why would someone refer to themselves as a pornographer? And then by the end of that my time making the film it's like no that's what they are people who make pornography and, and our association with that as a, a dirty thing that right. you don't want to be associated to is absolutely learned so it's not something the people at Kink are proud to be pornographers you know? uh -huh. and, and they're great pornographers they're yeah. great at what they do so the BDSM part was a big learning curve for me, and I actually, mm -hmm. you know, I got to San Francisco and I went to Good Vibrations and I picked up, you know, S&M 101 and would sit in the coffee shops, right. you know, it was weird doing crap going, okay, like, I don't even know, I don't know how this stuff works, you know, right. so that was all, uh, um, that was all new to me, and because, because the Fifty Shades of Grey phenomenon hadn't happened then, totally. and if it was in the process of happening, I wasn't aware of it, so right. I think I had read the the sexual life of Catholic M or something that came out mm -hmm. 
six years ago or ten years ago or something. That was it. I didn't really have. So it was, it was that was part of the fun of making the movie. Actually, it was like, and the the directors knew this too. They, yeah. they would tease me, you know, yeah. on occasion because I was so green, and I'd have right. to ask what like right. an acronym meant, you yeah. know. Um, so well, I think too, in a good way, like that kind of puts you above. I mean. Unfortunately, I think there are going to be some people who are going to, obviously, because of those things you mentioned before with your own life, are going to be less receptive, or they're just going to come from such a jaundiced view and not be open to, like, a lot of people. So I think, actually, as somebody like you coming as a newcomer and basically be like, I don't know this world and I want to understand it, like, that I think is, like, a nice mirror that hopefully audiences also follow through and I think well. the film is a is a fairly accurate fingerprint of my experience of discovering that world I mean frankly one of the difficulties is it's hard to serve multiple audiences insofar as it's hard to make a movie about material like this that satisfies both people who are who are novices to the world and people who live in it so right. I think one of the one of the issues is I think for people who are intimately familiar with the world of BDSM, this may be a little BDSM light, yeah. you know, and it may be telling them things that they already know. But in some ways, this movie is not necessarily specifically for that audience. I'm sure there are films out there that go much deeper into the psychological nuances of this right. world. Right. But in order to take something that is so foreign to most people, Fewer now in our post Fifty Shades of Grey society, yeah, totally. but there are a lot of people out here for whom this is still something they're pretty much convinced they'll never be able to relate to. Right. It was more important for me to make a movie that could reach those people and yeah. encourage uh, a, a movement towards understanding mm-hmm. that opens up conversations about pornography in general right. um, amongst a, an audience that might never have thought about this stuff or looked at it or seen its relevance in a greater context. Definitely, definitely. Um, well, to shift gears a little bit, how, for you, coming from a, from cinematography, and obviously in documentary, directing and cinematography can go well together, but for you in your own experiences, what have you learned or taken from that helped make kink or other, you know, things that you've directed? You know, like, how do they... How are, the, how are some of the things that, like, work or some of the things that you have to throw out or change? Well, I, you know, my background is in documentary, and I, I think, you know, I, I shoot most of what I, I shoot most of what I direct. Um, I also feel like so much of the directing is in the shooting mm-hmm. when I'm shooting for other people. Um, specifically in, you know, in, in shooting in this world, the, the, the question was, how do we leave ourselves room? to make choices in the edit. How do we decide how much we want to see? And my advice to my other shooters, I had two great cinematographers working with me, Dave Malore and Kim Parker. And we all talked about it. At the beginning, I said, we, we want to be shooting the people shooting the pornography, not the pornography itself. Mm-hmm. So that is to say, you know, if something's happening, you're not just going in for the close-up on penetration or whatever. It's like, I want to see the director in the frame. I want to see the camera in the frame. I want to see the production of it. That said, each of these shoots is, goes on for hours and hours and hours, and after a while, you're like, how many different angles can I find? You know. So we played with, I basically would have everyone shoot the scene three ways. You know, shoot, shoot it entirely about the director's process of watching the material and directing the material. Shoot it in a way that 
shows what's going on without showing anything that would need to be blurred out. Mm -hmm. You know, to, to but to find it's tricky because you, in some ways, withholding visual information right. can almost be more pornographic than oh, showing yeah. it. Definitely. You know, because you're it's almost more titillating. It's like a strip show right. you know it's almost more titillating watching the strap come down the shoulder yeah. than it is to see someone make and you don't want to upset stage. people who are either in BDSM or performers or are supportive of that or whatnot and then being like oh you're going to censor yeah you can't you know? there's certain things you can't shoot around and right. it's, it's it's a conversation that you know we continue to have as we're, we try to decide where this goes next is that what do you have to see what do you not have to see and I, I think we made a point as we were shooting the film to give ourselves options in the edit. I ultimately feel very strongly that there isn't anything in the film that doesn't need to be there. Um, watching in front of an audience made me realize that maybe like some of the shots don't need to be quite as long. You know, it's a very different thing watching yeah, totally. watching S and M with three hundred people in the audience than it is sitting yeah. at home watching it on your computer. Um, so I'm still kind of. But it, like on the flip side of that, I also didn't realize it was such a funny movie until I saw it with mm -hmm. 300 people in the audience. Yeah. And I, I leaned over to James during the premiere and I was like, God, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't realize it was funny. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's I, I identify as both a director and a cinematographer. And, I, um, and as a cinematographer, I, I'm always my own operator. So um, I don't know. It's... it's uh, <laughs> There wasn't any particularly new or different approach taken yeah. in this, apart from being really conscious that right. we gave ourselves options for, for the edit. Now, what were, if there were any, like, influences, like, to other documentaries or whatnot, or is that kind of more of an organic process for you? Yeah, um, I will say that both James and I have been very influenced by sort of verite documentary. Um, you know, the, the films of the Maisel brothers are are my Bible. You know, um, that being said, this is not you know this is a, a weird hybrid of purely verite stuff and then interviews. Um, specifically, though, I actually made a point not to see any of the docs in the porn canon once mm, I agreed to, right, to do the film totally. um, because I realized that I realized I had my own misconceptions that I was trying to leave at the door I realized the best way to make this movie would be to come in as much of a blank slate as possible I didn't want to be hung up by what somebody else had addressed or didn't address or trying to be different or similar um, so I, I sort of recognized just how ignorant I was and let that be an asset um, rather than I mean I think there are other there are films that would absolutely call for doing a tremendous amount of research before you get into it and I grounded myself in you know my SNM 101 book to at least understand what the rules were and what questions to ask but um, I made a point not to see any of the films that don't come to me. yeah definitely definitely well I'm yeah I mean I'm curious too in like the edit like you know you were talking about that earlier like I think one of the great things about the documentary that really attracted to me was also how you would show that verite and then you would show those interviews but the way that it was kind of like this rapid fire was not necessarily always just showing like certain you know explicit content but it was actually like you know all of the kind of in some ways intellectual arguments that 
these people are making, but then also throwing in very quickly those things that complicate that. That also for them, they openly can say, you know, and show. So in many ways, like showing their world and giving them a chance, but also they're giving them a chance to say too, like, there are problems here, and we're not going to lie. About <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a complicated world, and it's, yeah. it's also this film. This film is a lot of things, yeah, and it's, it's not, not a lot of things. It is not a survey course on pornography and pornographers. It is a portrait of a very specific place and some very specific people who work there, and there are very specific ways of doing what they do. And so, it was important to me to. We discuss this, like, do we bring in people from the outside? Do we bring in family members? Do we bring in people who judge porn or think the armory is a terrible place? Or It's like, no, because then it, then it starts to feel like it's something bigger than it is. And it starts to make a broader judgment on things that I don't feel comfortable making. I don't know enough about that world to make those assumptions. So <clears throat> I think it was important for us that within the film, yeah, there, there, are, there are a lot, if you look carefully, I was joking with our editor, it's like the, um, I don't know if you remember Highlights Magazine as a kid, but like on the back page there would be this drawing and there would be things that weren't quite right, you right. Know, like the yeah. shoe would be on backwards. Yeah. Like, if you look carefully at this film, there are a lot of contradictions. Yeah. And they're there on purpose, you know, you see someone saying, you know, it's all about authenticity and then you see someone say, okay, but when I go like this and if you make it, if you make yeah. that face and it looks like it hurts more, like there's a lot, because because it is a complicated place, yeah. and everyone's approach to it yeah. is different, and there is a mission statement that everyone adheres to, but mm -hmm. people's reasons for doing what they do and the ways in which they do it yeah. are all really different, right. and there are conflicts of interest, mm -hmm. and I mean, you're talking about, you know, sex and money and pain, and mm -hmm. it's, it's, there's a, there's a lot of minutia in there that, that makes for very complicated arguments yeah. and, and, and answers that are hard to find. Right. Well, and I would say, too, that cinema at large, no matter adult or not, has those contradictions. Like, even people who are like, oh, yeah, this is authentic, but in many ways, like a narrative, you know, even a really good narrative, is in some ways narrative manipulation. It's using story in order to highlight or bring to a point or to highlight certain things, and it's always like, What's in the frame and what's out, you know? So, uh, to steal a Scorsese line. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I found that really fascinating. And it was also, too, like, I think a really good job of being, like, a humanistic, you know, place of it. It was not like, hey, let's, you know, I feel like there would probably be certain docs that would try to embarrass and try to look at how, you know, the hypocrites, look at these people who say this, that, and the other, and then look how, like, awful they are when they openly admit this, that, and the other. But obviously, as a, like, person with a tenderness and, like, a, like wanting to understand this, like, you don't do that. And I definitely think that that comes through, and, like, I mean, do you, are you hoping that, like, a broader conversation about this will open up from a film like this? I, I just feel like it's something we need to be able to talk about. I feel like sex is something we need to be able to talk about. I feel like people want to talk about it all the time, and given an opportunity to talk about it, are happy to do so. I mean, the fact that I made this film, the emails I've gotten from people I haven't talked to in years are, you know, reaching out to me because they suddenly feel like they can talk about sex to someone in a, who won't judge them for it. So I think ultimately, like, yeah, I hope this starts... Conversations. I mean, I, I hope this. Um, I mean, look, is this film for everyone now? Are there people who, who have such stern, um, locked-in attitudes about what they think this world is? Um, 
Absolutely. Um, but I, I, I think it is important to, to try and encourage us as a society to ask ourselves questions about why pornography holds such a, such a strong position in our world. Why is it so essential? Why is it so popular? Why are we so conflicted about it? What happens if sex becomes something that isn't so taboo? Does it create a, a, a broader playing field for people to find healthier attitudes towards embracing their own sexuality and the sexuality of others? I mean, I think, I think even if you think pornography is evil, you can't deny the fact that talking about it can, can only bring things to light that deserve to be brought to light and look i think a lot of a lot of the power of porn comes from the fact that people want to think it's real and it's not yeah, it's yeah. it's a fantasy it's as fantastical as as a a feature film you know mm -hmm. it's 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 not real mm -hmm. but we're taught to think that it is right. which is ultimately not a healthy thing you know especially when you you know look at like teenagers who are learning what they think sex should be from right. watching porn. Right. And it's like, I think it's really important to be able to have conversations where we address what is real, what is not, what is fantasy, what is not. Mm -hmm. I mean, what what is real are the people making the porn. They're, right. they're like you or me or your next door neighbor, and, mm -hmm. and I don't think that they should be judged for what they do before we sort of pull mm -hmm. the curtain back and, and looked at what, what that actually is. Right. I mean, I, it's, it's a hard thing, too, where it's like the, the creator versus the application of such, you know? Like, at a certain point, whether it's your documentary or someone else's narrative or, you know, porn, like, you create it and you put it out there and then what happens to it is, you know, to a certain extent, you know, it's out there in the world. Like, you can't, you the know. Difference, the difference though is I think, you know, pornographers are creating a commodity for, is a supply to a very specific demand. Mm -hmm. you know, right. An indie filmmaker is going out there and telling a story that may or may not have a home. It may or, there may or, may or may not be a demand for that movie. Right. Like, pornographers are creating something that people are asking for, mm -hmm. and yet somehow they're condemned for creating this thing that that there is a there's a massive demand for. Right. You know, and so why are they filmed? It's almost as though like societally people are like. Oh well, if the pornographers weren't making porn, we wouldn't be consuming it. No, yeah, somebody yeah. else would be. Making porn. Yeah, and it's weird how the, like the lines are drawn in certain places. Like, oh, this is where we find that unacceptable, like you know, porn or whatever. But there's literature, there's other things, there's photography. Yeah, and then there's also yeah. there's also I think there's a gender bias about it too. Course, I think in general, women women who women who are in pornography are looked down upon more than like male like male porn stars are like you know it's it's, it's the same cliche thing about like sexuality somehow being placed upon women like I don't know why it is that we look it's assumed that if a guy becomes a porn star it's like out of his own free will to have done so and if a woman does it it's somehow because something didn't work out for her yeah exactly. you know and I, I think that that raises even more complicated issues about gender and sexuality yeah. as well as too doesn't necessarily just because that does happen doesn't necessarily mean that that you know vilifies or doesn't justify them making a choice themselves. I mean, for some people, it can be a therapeutic thing. Well, I think like, Donna, Donna addresses it in the movie. She says, you know, I don't even understand the question. Like, what, like, women aren't smart enough to make choices about what they do and don't do with their own bodies? And they shouldn't be judged if they were abused or damaged or whatnot, and then they choose to do this. Like, 
that's their choice, and you know, to, to a certain. But then it, it also because, but that's part of the association too. That like, if a woman chooses to lose, it must be because she's right. been abused or something has happened. Yeah. And it, you know, it's like it's like the attitude of, you know, I was right. reading an article the other day, and someone said, you know, no one would want to be spanked if they hadn't been like, like a indoctrinated by media representations of S&M behavior being something that is sexually desirable. The first, like, proof of sadomasochistic behavior is, like, an etching in a, like, cave in Tarquinia from, like, 6 BC. Like, this is something that has been present in the Sephora population forever, you know? Not everyone. So you might not relate to it, or you might not relate to it, but, like, there are a lot of people for whom these desires are ingrained, you know, and are part of their identity. And it's not my job or anybody else's to judge them. Right. And it's, like, women's choice whether, no matter their past, I think should be women's choice. I mean, I think, like, honestly, it's one of those things where it's, like, you know, I don't think... I think sometimes people, like, want to point to certain things and they want to do a direct line. No, I think people at the end of the day, you need to be able to give people the benefit of the doubt that they are capable of making decisions right. for themselves. Right. And with that, I definitely... Thank you for Thank you. the time, and I really appreciate you sitting down and talking with me and getting on. And I really hope that you know, beyond the festival circuit, I hope this can branch out and you can yeah, get out there. And see so, yeah. Thank, Thank you very much.